between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. It's a, it's a beautiful day in, in the presence of God again tonight. Uh, we thank God for all he has been doing and what he's going to do. Um, even uh, We say hello to everyone, uh, both uh, that are here and online. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Uh, and I pray that uh, the Lord will continue to strengthen each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus. Uh, amen. Personally, uh, I, I I don't have any particular inclination in my heart so far. I guess I'll just uh, try and remind us uh, of uh, what we've been speaking so far. But before I do so, I think I would, I'll just uh, mention, you know, just talk a little bit uh, about you know what the Lord is saying to us in this season. Uh, I, I just perceive that well, we are, we are, I think we are moving in, in the spirit. Uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a declaration or let's say in a dispensation in this season, um, there is uh, an allocation of blessing which heaven has designed for us to come into. Um, we are, they've opened a door for us again uh, to come and partake of blessings in the spirit. Uh, these are things that is, um, that is capable of answering to our soul. Uh, you know, we have, we have our journey in the spirit is full of, uh, I, I would say, adventures. Um, I just feel that there is so much help. I, I'm just, what I just perceive is a release of help for to journey Amen. in the spirit. I just, I just sense help Amen. to journey in the spirit Amen. and to begin to align. Amen. Amen. You know all those, all those things that is beginning, all those things that used that, that, that war. I do pray that war against our ascension, our journey in the spirit. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, all the enemies within uh, that are warring with us, uh, I'm seeing help uh, for to overcome in Amen. this season. And one of the one of the uh, one of the thing that I'm saying, you know, when you declare help, we say that there's help. Uh, one thing we all we all must understand and know is uh, we can't receive help if we don't align in the spirit. Even though heaven will make help available, of course, and that's God's part. There is the giving, there is the making available of blessings and, and things in the spirit. But of course, there is a need for a response, right? Because every blessing requires a response. Why? Because it's a calling and it's calling for us to come and partake. Amen. You know, uh, maybe God will begin to help us to begin to look inwardly uh, to be able to, you know, address all we are, uh, to address our weaknesses in our heart. Amen. Amen. One of the things that will, God will help us with in this season is also to be to come into meekness. Amen. Amen. Because meekness uh, is the summary uh, of entrance. Why? Well, because when we when we when we when we come 
into meekness, I will notice that by the time we, 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 we just notice that we, we, we've, we've, we've obtained a little, a little meekness, I will just realize that uh, there's actually a blessing with coming to this video. We'll notice that there's an understanding that is, uh, that is made part. No, maybe there is, there is an understanding that is made clear. Let me use the word in the spirit. Uh, you know, the spiritual journey is not is not just you know word alone that we are hearing, but it's also in doing, right? Uh, and we we'll begin to see the two move, you know, flow into each other, both the hearing and doing. I will begin to help us to to make it easy, amen. And then there will be God will help us to war war with, uh, you know, the inward natures that are warring against uh, the blessings of God. I just, I just want to, you know, that's that aspect. But one thing is for sure, heaven is declaring so much blessing Amen. upon us in this season and in this time. And uh, you know, with this, with this evening, what I just begin to perceive in my soul is, you know, there's just that, um, there's the, there's the, that, uh, uh, the, uh, there's the addressing of, uh, of the, the need in the soul. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's like it's like it's like a soul cry. You know that that song is actually a song of love that we just sang. is more of is a love song. Whether that song, although what the, what what the words of the song itself uh, is is just ex, is coming from somewhere. So where those words were coming from is actually from a place of love in God, uh, but is declaring unto us um, the. Uh, intent in God's heart to make available the provision of his blessing. Uh, you know, there are so many things that uh, these days war with our attention. Amen. You know, I, I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was last week, you no know, Tuesday, we began to talk about, you know, sowing in the spirit. Mm. Amen. Uh, and sowing in the spirit requires, uh, requires effort, you know, uh, when you sow in the spirit, is you know, is your, your attention yeah. that uh, is being is being uh, used in the spirit, right? Uh, when you sow, it's a conscious effort that you make uh, to to give yourself in the spirit. So also, uh, everything things things in this world they 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 begin to demand for attention in our soul. Uh, it's not just things alone, you know. Uh, everything is in different phases. Amen. Amen. Everything is in what? Is in different phases, and each phase requires a a level of grace or a level of strength to overcome. Amen. And heaven is heaven. Heaven knows. Heaven knows. Heaven knows that uh, that you know it's not easy to turn a soul. It's not easy to turn a man. Heaven knows, and they are making provision, and that is why they need to you know mix. Or just use the word mix. They need to mix uh, our heart with the substance of the spirit. Our hearts need to constantly come into the allocation of the spirit. If it doesn't come, honestly, I can tell you to be impossible to turn. Why? Because the soul must must see the reality of the life that it is coming into. And what everyone does over time is they begin they begin to paint. Mm those pictures for us. They begin to paint the pictures of another reality uh, than we are used to uh, from before. Amen. And I pray that heaven will help us uh, so that we can, we can yield fully uh, 
and we can yield totally. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I'll just I'll just read uh, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter one. <clears throat> I read Hebrews chapter one. <clears throat> I will thank you. thank you. I don't know, you know. I just I don't know where where to, <laughs> where to start from. Um, you know, the I, I just wanted to quickly just uh, go through uh, what we've been talking, you know, over the past few weeks, and then see if I can remind us uh, some of these things that we've been talking about. Uh, I read Hebrews chapter one verse nine. It says. <clears> that was loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Uh, if we read, uh, I'll read verse 8. He said, But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness. Is the scepter of thy kingdom. Shut up. See, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. He said, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall and they all shall wax old as dirty garment, and as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said ye at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent for to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Amen. So I'm going to read again. Uh, it says, and the said, and of the angel he said, from verse seven, who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers uh, a flame of fire. So, but under the sun he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Amen. So thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Amen. Amen. I know we started talking about um, righteousness <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago. Um, we began to talk about uh, righteousness and uh, we can see from this Bible passage um, that righteousness is a key uh, to the kingdom of God. Amen. Yes. If we read again verse 7, what we'll begin to see there is like they, they, they began to describe a kingdom. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I believe over the past few few uh, weeks, we've been, we've been really talking about the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and to, re to really, really understand uh, the kingdom. No, the kingdom of God is actually a world. Yeah. It's a world of God that <clears throat> that speaks uh, about uh, the things of God. Amen. Yeah. 
Um, that that kingdom um, is is really not um, this present heaven, yeah. amen, or the earth. So the kingdom of God is not anything, parhalvia tuma, is not anything that, or I would put it, anything that can end or that can last is not, <clears throat> we can't call it God's kingdom. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, anything that is uh, not, that can't last, or anything that is ephemeral or mean, mean temporary can, cannot even be called something part of God's kingdom. So the kingdom of God is, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Amen. So the kingdom of God is uh, the kingdom of God is where you talk about the dominion of God, God's rule, God's uh, God's uh, or let me use the word, the full expression of God's life is inside God's kingdom. Amen. So the, the kingdom of God is not something that that you can just see like that. Um, because where that kingdom is kept, it requires uh, an understanding or access into uh, a wisdom that can begin to show you the kingdom. So the kingdom of God is far-fetched, right? And we described righteousness as the key into the kingdom of God. So I'll read... I read this uh, Hebrews chapter 1 again from verse 7. It said, And of the angel he said, Who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers a flame of fire. It said, But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So if you look at this, you see clearly that when he began to speak, said, and of the son he said, right? And of the son he said, who make it? And of the son he said, thy throne, O God. So they said, thy throne, O God. Now, a throne is usually associated with a kingdom. Uh, wherever there is a kingdom, there is a, there must be a king, Right? In that kingdom, uh, a king will have his throne from where what? From where he would usher rule. Mm. Amen. Mm. You notice, you know, in all the the concept of kings, even in our, you know, look, uh, I say local, uh, in our uh, hometowns or you know, from where we are from, especially those that are from Nigeria, we notice that we have kings, and those kings they always have a particular chair. That is different from every other chair, right? That chair is a is a king is a kingly chair, right? So that chair, no one is actually allowed to sit on that chair except mm. the king, right? Mm. Uh, and I'm, I began, I'm, I mean myself, I'm wondering where, where did that where that uh, just the thought that you know, came to me now? Where did that idea come from, right? Mm. Because that that idea itself is an idea from the present heaven. 
right? You know, where you have a throne, a king. Wherever there is a king, there has to be a throne. Yeah. And on that throne, there is a chair. Mm. So that, I'll call it a chair, but it's a throne. There's mm. always a throne whenever you talk about a king that rules a kingdom. Right? So what a king rules is a kingdom. Yeah. Right? And then inside that, in, in the kingdom, he ushers rule. So there is something that talks about the kingdom. Yeah. Right? Uh, and that, that, that which talks about the kingdom itself yeah. is, is a deceptor. So deceptor is a sign of the authority of that kingdom. Whenever you see... In, Really, whenever you see that scepter, really, what, what, what that scepter carries is actually the authority of the kingdom. Everything about that kingdom is installed in the scepter. Although it is not the real, but the scepter represents the real one. Amen, right? So there is always a, a king that is ruling a kingdom. Now, the, how you know a king, right? So when you know a king, uh, if you want to talk about a king, just check his kingdom. When you begin to check it, you begin, the kingdom t- talks, talks about the king, right? If something is going, going good or going bad, it is always, it is the king that they will reference. They will say, during the rule of, um, you know, I know in Yoruba land, they say, this Oba Adeki the third. You know, there was peace, there was this, there was that, there was strength. You know, everybody was at peace. Right. So you notice that what they will begin to to use to you uh, they will use to attribute the, the king mm-hmm. are the things that the king did. What happened during this time? Basically, they are trying to refer to his kingdom mm-hmm. by the things that were happening. So what am I trying to say? Basically, uh, when you talk, when you look at the kingdom, the kingdom bears the expression of the king. So whatever the king wants is what the kingdom express, yeah. right? So basically, what we are saying is uh, the kingdom is an expression of the king, yeah. right? So the kingdom is an expression of the king that is ruling mm. over the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So you now notice that they said that thou, that thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even that God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Uh, if I go to verse 8 again, say, but unto the son he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So you see, they said, Thy throne, O God. They began to, so all this, this verse began to uh, just describe the kingdom of God. And uh, if, if, if we go to verse 7, hmm, you notice it says, And of the angel, or let me read from verse 6, because that's when he began, when he started, actually, he said, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. Amen. Mm-hmm. Said, And let all the angels of God what? Worship him. Worship him. Let all the angels 
of God worship him. He said, And of the angel he said, Who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers a flame of fire? But, so that means it's a continuation. Say, but unto the son he said. Say, but unto the son he said. Thy throne. So they began. So they moved into talking about the kingdom of the son, right? But then, what they started with is actually they, they began to just explain angels, right? Said of. And of the angels, he said, Who maketh his angels spirit and his ministers a flame of fire? Right? These, these two are actually talking about Ikeda or the, the, the arrangement or the, the sect of angelic beings, right, in their arrangement. But you know, just because of time and perhaps so that I don't digress, um, this Hebrews chapter one actually, you know, started talking about. Actually, started with an expression, you know, which began to speak of the Son, because they want to highlight the the ministry of the Son. Right? It says God, who has only trans and in diverse manners, who, uh, you know. Speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, at in these last days spoken unto us by his son. So now they began to distinguish, right? So they, they brought forth the son. So by his son, which means they appointed to Christ, right? They appointed to him. Then they now began to talk about him. Then Paul now started comparing him. To angels. Now, there's a reason why Fethul Meter, so there's a reason why he was comparing Christ with angels. Why? Uh, if for Finmai, if we look at it in this present time, what really, really is ruling the current heaven and the earth right now are angels. Why? Because angels, uh, this world, are actually in subject to them. Amen. Yeah. They are what? This world is in subject to angels. But if you look at scripture, you'll be wondering, ah, how, how is this world subject to them? Isn't it, Adam, that this world was made in you know, a subject to? Mm. But you notice... In scriptures, there is a, it's still in Hebrews, it said the higher is blessed of the lower. Basically, whatever is higher can rule whatever is lower. Now, if the first Adam was made a little lower than the angels, and everything was put in subjection unto him, just as we've seen in Hebrews chapter 2. Yeah. Right, let me read it. Say so thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. That's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, let me read from verse 7. He said, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. 
thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Say, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So, yeah, what I wanted to bring, what I want to bring out here is, you know, just that subjection, right, that was put under the first Adam. Because if you look at verse, he said, but one in a certain place testified, saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? So that tells us that it's actually man that they were speaking about, right? Now, you notice that it was man that they put things in subjection to. Then, let's go uh, to Hebrews chapter... Amen. Just bear with me. I'm I'm hoping to slow down a bit, and also just to explain this so that I can move forward. Amen. Amen. I will thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Just bear with me. So let's read Hebrews 2. I read from verse 4 to verse 5. Say, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gift of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Say, verse 5. Say, for unto the angel at E not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. 
He now began to testify, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? So, uh, if you look at the conversation here, we'll see here that, say, For unto the angel at he not put in subjection the world to come. Because they're talking about a world that is coming. Right? So that we're talking about the new heaven and the new earth, right? Because this new heaven and the new earth is not something that we, not, uh, uh, or let's say, that is naturally present, but is coming. Amen. However, it is possible to move men in there. How? The only way you can do that is to get there by faith. There is, there, is, there is a learning that can get us into this new world who talks about the new heaven and the new earth. Amen. Amen. Uh, because I, I want to bring the, the thought together because you'll be wondering, why new, why new heaven, new earth, the world? Um, you notice that Paul here said he has not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak because what they are speaking about is actually the world to come mm. right now the the epistle open up path into the world to come so the pres- this present world is going to what is going to fade because you notice in the in the end of uh, chapter 1 it said verse 12 said and as a vesture shall thou fold them up and they shall be changed, but thou art the same. Yeah. Right? Said in verse 10, said, And the Lord in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth yeah. and the heavens at the works of thy hand. Said, They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. This present earth and this present heaven, God is going to fold it up. Now, this present earth and heaven is actually uh, in subjection to angels. If not, it won't say in chapter 2, say, For unto the angels at he not put in subjection the world to come. Right? Why? Because you notice that the world to come must be in subjection to beings. Right? So when God made the heavens and the earth, he put the earth under Adam because the world must be in subject to the being that will rule it, right? So man, Adam, was the being set to rule the earth. As a result, Adam had a dominion or had a kingdom whose rule was upon the earth. Right, but it was his, his, his kingdom was supposed to be exalted or raised up into a higher dominion where it will enter into God and inherit God's dominion, and as a result, then you begin to rule over everything else, amen. So basically, it comes into God's nature, it comes into God's uh, judgment. So for you to rule, you need judgment. You need you need a rule. You need what will enable you to rule, or or let me use you need a rod. 
Mm? So it's the rod you need. That rod is what they call the rod. In, you know, Christ too also has a rod. It's what they call. It's, it's the rod of iron. Mm? You, you use it to rule. Amen. Amen. So just comparing the two, you see that the the present the present heaven and the present earth is actually in subjection to angels. It's in subjection to angels. Uh, you, so it is clear why Paul now began to compare Christ with angel. Why? Because Christ is actually the, is, is the king of the world to come. Hmm? Mm-hmm. His, his dominion is already there. Right? Is is already Christ Christ is establishing a dominion in the world to come. And how it is he himself is actually establishing that is true righteousness. Hmm? Is what? True righteousness. It's true righteousness. And you now see, say, but unto the Son is said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Now, this kingdom that they're talking about is not talking about this present world or this present kingdom. Because this world will be folded and will be removed away. So they're actually talking to us about a kingdom eh, that is that is in the spirit. That has to be revealed. Hmm? Even angels don't know where that kingdom is. Mm. Only God, though. Only God and Christ knows. Mm. But they are showing a, a path into that kingdom. Mm. Hmm? Now, when you begin to learn righteousness, hmm? and you journey and you learn and you learn, and then you journey to a point where you won't know where you are, you just realize that you are. You are in a kingdom. Mm-hmm. By the time by the time you jump to the end, you just realize that you've actually entered a kingdom that is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Where you are currently, or where I am currently, is in a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called the kingdom of this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to be translated from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of, of his dear son. Right? So Christ has a kingdom mm. where we need to come into mm. through righteousness. Amen. Amen. So they've now begun to talk about different kingdoms. So they've now, be brought, they've now begun to use angels to, to separate, right? Because angels currently, like I said, they have the current dominion over the present heaven and the present earth, right? He said, but one in a certain place by saying, what is man? See, for unto the angel at he not put in subjection the world to come. They don't have, the world to come is not in subjection to them because um, they don't have the, the their make, you know, their fabric is not uh, what can handle the world to come. Now, the only the fabric that can handle the world to come is righteousness and love. How they made the world to come is with a fabric, mm-hmm. or is with a with with a tool, with an instrument called righteousness. Yes. Eh? 
called what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Amen. Let's open Second Peter. Second Peter chapter three. So that you know what I'm saying uh, can can have a place to to land. So Second Peter. Chapter 3. Mm. Amen. Amen. I read from verse. I know it was really different. I don't know why I'm always missing this. It's a competent chapter 3. Verse 13. I read from verse 12. It said, looking for ah, hmm. I don't like it's not good to cut shortcut, eh? Is it? Okay. Let me read from verse verse 1. It's going to be an extensive read, but I'll just start from verse 1. It said, the second epistle, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophet and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, so knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Say, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Say, for, the, for this day willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. See, but beloved. Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not lack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering mm. to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. What happens? The heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. 
Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Amen. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hmm. So you, if, if, if you read this, Peter, since whereby the word that then was being overflowed with water, perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition. Of ungodly men. Uh, if we begin to look at this, one thing should, is one thing is clear, very clear, that this earth will be burned up. What it will melt with fervent heat. What is what, what does this mean for us? Uh, technically, it means you know we should follow the advice that Paul gave us, saying that our hope should not be in this world alone. Why? This world will be melt with fervent heat. Uh, what that means really is that uh, there is nothing in this world that we can see that we should put all our hopes in because it shall vanish one day. If our hope is there and it vanishes, all our hope will vanish with it. It's as simple as that. If where our treasure is kept is in this earth, then our, our treasure won't last the test of time or the test of love. Hmm? What, what, what lasts is love. Hmm? Anything that is made of love fabric will last forever. Hmm? So this, this, present, this, present, this present world has been made subject to corruption. See, by one man, sin entered the world. See that sin entering the world, it means that this present earth hmm, is subject to corruption. And that means that the present heaven is not saved either. So you can see why there's a need to change it. Why? Because the corruption that entered the earth didn't come from the earth, it came from the heavens. Lucifer carried it. Hmm? So therefore, uh, it's a sign that this present heaven and this present earth mm. is subject to corruption. But the world to come is not subject to corruption. Hmm? And then Peter was asking us, seeing that all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you ought to be? First of all, yeah, when I read this thing, it's very interesting. That you know, most of us we don't we don't really think about this world, you know, will vanish one day, and then all our the way we are living is as if all, all everything about us eh, 
is here. Everything we want, we just want, 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 want. All our want, all our desire is, on this, is in this world. But that's not how it ought to be. We, we should be people of the world to come. Because the world to come is actually designed to be given to the sons of men. Right? To sons of men. Many men ought to be sons that will handle the world to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You notice in Revelation, they didn't say the tabernacle of God is with angels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they say the tabernacle of God is with men. And a tabernacle is where God would dwell. Wherever you see a tabernacle, is a, it's, it's, it's a sign that uh, God can dwell here. So if the tabernacle of God is with men, and we know that you know, in the book of Revelations, uh, John began to talk about the new heavens, right? When he was, not, when he was talking about the new Jerusalem. And then began to talk about the, the I said there's no more uh, night there. As for the lamp and God, they are the light in, in the city, right? So if God is there, it means that men that will be his tabernacle must be there too. And then if men must be there, then they must have what it takes to be able to house God or also be materials of that world. Amen. Just as there is a present earth here mm. and a present heaven, in the world to come, there is a new heaven and a new earth. Mm? Mm. Now imagine if you are somebody that didn't like heavenly things as we are now. You know, we won't expect to be in the new heaven when the new heaven comes. Why? Because you won't like it either. Mm. What you will be accustomed with, what you will like, what I will like, are the earthly things. So if you can relate well with the earth and you are still a Christian, right, with earthly things, carnal things, it's okay. So by the time they move us to the world to come, mm-hmm. you know, they'll just put, put, put some men you know, in the new earth. And then you won't, you, won't be, you won't be able to go to the new heaven. You need, to, you need permission to come there. Even when you want to come there, you must be part of the people that are following the kings to go and worship in the heaven. If the king will not carry you to, come, to follow them there, you won't be able to go. It's only kings that are allowed to come to the new heaven. Amen. Just because of uh, you know time, let me move forward a bit. And so the reason why I came here is to explain that aspect. Mm-hmm. It says, nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for a new, for a new heaven, and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Yes, yes. Amen. So it is clear that the where what is what the new heaven and new earth is made of is mm-hmm. a is. By righteousness, because righteousness dwells in the new heaven, which means if if you don't have righteousness, you won't be fit in that world. That world will still be uncomfortable for you and me if we are not learning righteousness, right? So righteousness is actually what they will use to transport men from this present world to the new world to come. Now, those new world to come, you can sum it up as a, an, as a place where the, the kingdom of God is being expressed, mm-hmm. right? So the kingdom of God is still, is still talking about God himself, 
right? Now, if we now began to go back, because of time, I'm just going to go back to Hebrews 1 and then journey from there. It say, you notice it says that uh, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So this is the reason why we need to learn righteousness. Why? Because righteousness is the entrance into the kingdom of God. And like I said earlier, the kingdom of God is not something because it is not from this present time, or this present world, it's something that has to be imported, has to be given. Which means they must allow us to come into a tool that will grant us access to see that kingdom first. That kingdom can't be seen. You can't see it. No matter how much you read biology book, no matter how much you read uh, all the theology book, you cannot see the, uh, the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is not what is actually made available to anyone that is not born again. Right? Even though you are born again, even though I am born again, it does not mean I will see the kingdom of God. Amen. So the kingdom of God is something that has to be painted Mm -hmm. to the heart. Mm? The kingdom of God is what? It's something that has to be painted. So they they have to, all I mean is they have to reveal that world to the heart. Mm. Amen. And how they reveal that world to the heart is that they begin to bring the heart into the experiences which that world gives or which that kingdom gives. Amen. So the, 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 the kingdom of God is, is not something that a, an unbeliever would just say, well, I, no, is it not heaven? So it's to tell you that the kingdom of God is not heaven because this, this present heaven, we've, learned, we've seen clearly in the scriptures that it is going to, what? Melt. It will dissolve. The element will melt with fervent heat. Amen. So therefore, the, the new world to come, eh? Or, let me talk about the kingdom of God. That means it is something foreign to our current knowledge. And they must bring us to understand that kingdom. So how they bring the soul into the experience of that kingdom is that they begin to teach the soul, expose the soul to begin to learn what that kingdom is all about. And what allows us to learn that is righteousness. Right? So that the experience of righteousness is what begins to paint the picture of the kingdom to the heart. Now, the essence of painting the picture is to what? Is to give sight. Right? You know when you say you want to see something or you don't understand something? You know when they are... When they are I, I like this uh, ex- explanation given. You know when they are talking about... Uh, when a teacher is talking about uh, something, he's trying to teach you, uh, let's say, how, uh, what's, the, what's that thing that you can use illustration to teach? 
um, you know, when they are trying to illustrate uh, physics, uh, thank you, you know, they, they use physics and they tell you that energy can never be destroyed or created, uh, but you know, uh, there is, there is, uh, they're not trying to explain potential energy and uh, kinetic energy. And then this professor one day just brought one, uh, it's a pendulum ball. It's like a pendulum, so the ball is dropping, and then he picked the ball, went to one end of the room, and then put the ball by his face. And you know, the ball is like a pendulum, so it can swing. Now put it to right, his, right in front of his face, I said that, if I drop this ball, right, so as I'm holding it right now, this ball has an energy that is equivalent to its position right now. Which is a potential energy. So, which means it has a, a capacity for energy. When I release this ball, that energy won't increase or, or uh, won't increase or decrease if an external force is not applied to it. Which means if something does not disturb it at all, that that force, that energy will remain the same. And as a result, see where it's kept, it won't go beyond it, which means it won't come and hit his face. Right? So when he now released the ball, the ball went and came and then stopped right in front of his face. Now explain to them the class the class class yay! and it's true. But after a while the ball will slow down. Why? Because the air will begin to act upon the ball, right? And then it begin to slow down the ball. But the ball can never go beyond the the, the face or in front of the face of the of the lecturer to hit him, except someone put an external force to increase the energy inside. Now, if that ball was in a vacuum, it would never slow down. It would just be like swinging up and down and won't slow down. Mm. Right? So that's just the illustration. That illustration that the professor did is actually to make the student visualize what he was explaining, which is the potential energy, right? That is what righteousness does for us. Righteousness, when we, be, when we are beginning to come into the learning of righteousness, that is when the dealing of the painting of picture begins. So what that means is, the painting of the kingdom of God starts when heaven begins to give us sight. Mm-hmm. So righteousness, we start learning righteousness when sight begins. Amen. And the purpose of that side is so that we can now begin to see the kingdom. Hmm? So, righteousness will begin to paint the picture, begin to paint it, begin to paint the picture of the kingdom. Then, then what happens? We are beginning to see the kingdom. I will open uh, John 3. So John 3, 3. So Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, this is, of course, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, that's Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man 
be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot what? Which means the process of being born again is actually the process of being el- of our eyes being enlightened. Right? So the eyes being enlightened is to cause us to see. So our eyes being enlightened doesn't mean that we are beginning to see the kingdom. It means we are being enlightened. And when we are our 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 sight is enlightened to a point, then we notice that we're not be, we, now, we now begin to see the kingdom. And when I say see the kingdom, the impression I'm having in my heart now is is this, to see the kingdom is not to know about the kingdom. Right? You know there's a way you can know about something. But that doesn't mean that it's spiritual. That, that's, that's the natural definition, right? But spiritually, there's a difference in knowing the kingdom because you learn knowledge in the spirit. And there's a difference between seeing, which means the picture has been painted clearly and you're not beginning to see it. At that time, your heart must have journeyed into a, into a place where you, you be, your righteousness has been learned and has, has given you a hope of where you should end. Amen. Amen. So very, very soon to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. So that being born again, it says he might be born again. So to be born again is to come into the dealings of righteousness, who begins to speak and teach about the water of the world, which begins to wash us gradually. Amen. Amen. And so Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born? When he's old, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So then, then God, Christ now began to talk about entrance. So first of all, talk about sight, and then started talking about entrance into the kingdom. Right? And we know that you know the entrance into the kingdom is a dealing. Of meekness. Mm-hmm. must have taught, taught and taught and taught. And then we got into a point eh, of meekness whereby we are meek enough to enter the kingdom. Right? When we now enter the kingdom, then God will now begin to teach us again. Mm-hmm. Now, what they teach in the kingdom is, is actually trainings of love. Mm-hmm. By the time you enter kingdom, what you'll be learning is love. Or God. You know, God is love. Mm. That's you begin to learn the world of charity. Hmm? Mm. So charity begins to now p- bring you in, into the kingdom, right? And then you now begin to now learn love, love. Now, when you are learning love, what you are learning is actually strength. Mm. Wow. You, are, you are gaining capacity to defeat our enemy. There's an enemy mm. in our soul which is warring with us yes. day in, day out. Mm? By the time you enter the kingdom, you, you, you would have defeated most of the enemies that were within. 
then you'll not be looking at the last enemy, which is death. Mm? You gain strength to now overcome death. Mm? And then you now have the seed, which is called uh, the, the seed of God. Mm? God's own seed. For the seed of God will remain in, in you. Right? At that time, you would have inherited the seed, which would cause you not to turn or to sin again. You have a seed, which means no matter what tempts you, you won't sin. You see that thing Christ did? He said, um, tempted in every way, but yet without sin, it will be possible. You know, many a times these days, everybody is shouting, ah, it's not possible not to sin again, you know. Can, I, can we really be perfect? Yes, we can be perfect. We just need to come into a place where we receive the seed needed to be perfect. Yes, Amen. Amen. And then, the only way to get to the kingdom is to first of all learn righteousness. We must learn righteousness. Let righteousness paint the picture. Mm-hmm. By the time we've learned righteousness, we would have received the scepter. Hmm? Or we will receive the dealing of the scepter. Everything that the kingdom represents would have been painted into the soul, which will grant us grace to be able to work properly in the kingdom. You know, there's a way when you get to the kingdom, you can misbehave. Imagine somebody that you know came to one kingdom where they don't eat grass, and they just go there and just so grass, just started eating the grass. What will happen? They will look at you. Uh, no, you've offended. They, you, you, you've you've, you've uh, erred in the kingdom. You, you, they, will, they can take you to the prison. Mm. Arrest you and take you away. Why? Because you, you just violated the law. Mm. But God does not allow anything that can violate his life inside his kingdom. So that is why they need to teach us righteousness ahead. Why? Because righteousness will begin to cleanse us. Mm-hmm. As we've seen here, that says, unless a man be born again, that which is also, when you say being born again, it actually means you are washed. Hmm? You know, later it says, unless you are born of water and of spirit, you cannot you know, enter. Right? So all those things are actual washings in the spirit that we are going through. True dealings, true trainings in the yeah. spirit. Hmm? This learning of righteousness, I don't want this to be just book reading. No? Mm. It must be heart, heart, heart mm. work. Inside, inwardly. Amen. Amen. So, righteousness, the, the need to learn righteousness is so that we can be prepared, mm. we can be made ready hmm, to be a member or to be a, a liver of the world uh, to come wherein dwelleth righteousness. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, in order to begin to deal or handle righteousness, that is why heaven has to introduce Amen. revelation to our soul. Mm? Revelation is a tool they use to begin to unveil kingdom to us. Revelation is a painter of picture. That's why we should love revelation. Mm? Revelation paints. It begins to paint. It begins, it begins to make us see, learn, understand, discern. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Revelation is, is the tool they use to begin to teach us righteousness. So the beginning of the learning of righteousness is to come in contact with the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation, we should now begin to teach us the knowledge of him. And who is this him? It's Christ. So we begin to learn the knowledge of Christ, that is when we start learning righteousness. Amen. Amen. The, 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 the training of wisdom hmm, is so that we can come into the capacity whereby we can begin to understand what true kingdom is. Like I said earlier, when we are you know, just getting born again, we have no clue of what kingdom is. It's as we begin to journey, being faithful in the spirit, that we come to a point whereby we can now begin to see the kingdom when we come in contact with the learning of righteousness. It is the learning of righteousness that enables us to see the kingdom. So when righteousness allows us to see the kingdom, right, because that the scepter of that kingdom is the scepter of righteousness, then we are now, we will now continue to learn and learn and learn and, and we continue learning because how God communicates himself to us is through learning. Hmm? So how God feeds the soul is by teaching the soul. So God will begin to teach us his knowledge through the knowledge of Christ so that we can learn righteousness which will now allow us to begin to move into the kingdom of God. Hmm? So, but this this kingdom. When you talk about kingdom, yeah, you're actually talking about the God's world. Yes. Hmm? That world where we begin to learn a knowledge which passes understanding. Mm-hmm. That is that place they are beginning to show us. You know, before the the, the way I see, unless the man cannot see the kingdom, you know, I th- you know, you would think seeing the kingdom the moment. We started learning revelation, we started seeing the kingdom, but not really. Mm. The, the point we start seeing the kingdom is when righteousness mm. Mm, has been built yeah. to a degree in the heart. Mm. Righteousness has painted the picture, picture enough, has created the image enough for us to begin to see kingdom and understand kingdom. Mm. Mm? Then, as it is teaching us to see the kingdom, it is also converting us hmm, with a, a dealing, because in there we have dealings, mm. converting us to a point whereby we can be prepared mm. to enter into the land, into, into enter into kingdom, which would depict another learning. What righteousness teaches is the doctrine of Christ, mm. hmm, the learning of the faith of the son. This this is what is needed in order to access the world to come. Now I mentioned earlier that you need faith to get there. It is this faith of the son of God that would allow us to be able to get to the world to come. Most men, everybody is living for this present world and the present heaven. Everybody, if you ask, what's your hope? I just want to make heaven, it's fine. But which one? Is it this one or the one to come? Hmm? Because there's a difference. If you hope for this one, eh, when you get there, they'll say, okay, so we are, we are wrapping it up. Do you want to wrap up too? Hmm? Do you want to go as well with this current one? 
right? Because if we don't have what it takes or the, the ingredient needed to move into the, the, the world to come, we won't be able to access it. And we will just pass away with this present world. But heaven is actually preparing us, helping us so that we can gain sight, we can gain strength to be able to move into the world to come and to learn righteousness. So let us continue to learn righteousness and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. Because righteousness is, is not something to play with. It is something to take serious. Righteousness will bring into us experiences that will begin to make the, the hope, the reality of these things true into our soul. Amen. Let us begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace. Mahasta fenita fanita variata. Alito funi matalia. Father, we thank you. Atese, atese, kori matani mushete fanita. Atese, 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 atese. Endi farina matosa, adjeste fekarita. Ota, ota, masete vene kasilia. Aprifatania, aprifatania, aprifatani mushete. Ese, 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 ese. Elita, Akaka, in Tarino, Eshita, Satemanavaya. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word tonight. We should be directed to the Lord in Jesus' name. Our Father and our God, we ask, Lord, that according to your word and as you have spoken to us, that the grace to love righteousness, Father, that you will put into our heart in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for grace to begin to align in the spirit uh, and to respond to all the dealings, all the teachings of your righteousness. Let the grace be imparted into our heart in the name of Jesus. But as you have spoken to us, even to define the need for your righteousness, we ask Lord that this grace to begin to come into the image of your kingdom, to, for, for this image to be painted accurately in our heart that will come under the dispensation and locations of your grace and mercy for this experience in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for the opening up of sight in any way that our sight is darkened and need enlightening. We ask, Father, that you will grant grace for our eyes to be opened. We want to learn of your righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, bless our heart and our, our mind, our sight, Lord, to begin to see uh, your true nature and your true design for our hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. Thank you because you, you, you've helped us so much. Thank you because you continue to help us. Thank you, Father, because you are loving and you are kind. Thank you for in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.